Uh, my name is Kathy Wood, and I am here to give Pastor John and his family a little bit of a break. Um, he asked me to fill in today, and I am very honored to be able to have given that, that privilege. Now, I'll be honest with you at the outset. What I'm going to be speaking about today is something I struggle with and have struggled with for quite a while. But going into the sermon, I want you to think about one thing, and we'll be talking through this as I go along. The one question I want you to think about today is, what is your opinion of yourself? If you look at yourself in the mirror, do you like who you are? Do you love who you are? What do you see? When I was somewhere around six or seven years old, my father had a herniated disc in his back. In those days, medical treatments and hospital rules were much different than they are today. Dad was admitted to the hospital and was to undergo surgery on his back. The hospital stay may have been two to three weeks, but to me it seemed much longer than that. I was the youngest of three, and my older brother and sister were six and seven years older than me. In those days, children weren't allowed in the hospital unless they were older than a certain age. I don't remember what the age cutoff was, but I do remember my siblings and my mother being allowed to go visit my dad, and I was too young to visit. To say that I was disappointed by the absence of my father and by not being able to visit him is an understatement. My mom worked full time. She would go to the hospital before going into work and then again on her way home after work. She usually came home to some crisis with all of us kids running amok. The wait till your dad gets home threat didn't carry as much weight at that time. Through all of this, mom did a beautiful thing for me. She picked up a yellow, smiley face pillow from the hospital gift shop and left it with my father during the day. After work, she would pick it up and bring it home for me to sleep with at night. This cycle of dad having the pillow during the day and me sleeping with the pillow at night went on until my dad came home. When he finally did come home, it was an amazing day for me. I heard the car come in the driveway. I ran down the stairs, jumped into his arms, and we had a very emotional reunion. Unfortunately, that reunion threw his back out again, and he was in bed for another few days. <clears throat> I slept with that pillow until I went to college. It was a pillow I cried on when I was hurt or upset. I hugged when I was happy. And I slept with long into the time when that smiley face looked more like a grimace. <clears throat> the eyes started to fall apart. The mouth wasn't full anymore. And it faded to a light color yellow. <clears throat> the scripture today is one of Jesus' references to the Trinity. Now the Trinity concept, as I mentioned, is something I struggle with. It seems simple, but also very complex. Coincidentally, last month, Pastor John recommended the book, The Divine Dance, The Trinity of Your Transformation by Richard Rohr. I listened to the book on Audible intently. 
In it, Rohr goes into metaphors we attempt to use to describe the Trinity and the implications that the Trinity has for us spiritually. My experience as a youngster with a pillow being passed between my father, my mother, and myself is an illustration that I've used personally to help me understand this mysterious concept. My spiritual life has not been linear, but more of a wavy and sometimes loopy path. During my journey, my relationship with God was sort of like my relationship with that smiley pillow. It gave me comfort. Jesus is my friend. The Holy Spirit is my advocate and counselor. God carries me in my grief. Jesus looked at me with love and forgiveness. God has been my co-pilot. I've let Jesus take the wheel. All of these depict members of the Trinity as something or someone separate from me. I'm learning that this concept of Trinitarian spirituality is far bigger than this and far more impactful than this. So today's scripture in Richard Rohr's book, The Divine Dance, challenged this paradigm for me. Again, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you in me, and I in you. Those who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. Those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Now, when Jesus said this, he knew what was going to happen next. This was before his crucifixion and before the disciples really understood what was going on. But this was the promise that he gave to show us this bigger picture. But quite frankly, this blows my mind. This must be how transformation works. As I read through the Gospels from this perspective, the perspective of the Father and Jesus, Jesus and us, us and Jesus, I see of Jesus' examples as our possibilities. Not just for us individually, but for every one of us. We are all created in God's image. We are all promised this divinity within us. Although I can see God in creation, seeing God in humanity seems like a murky place for him to reside. And there are many aspects of our spiritual selves that are impacted by our circumstances and life journeys, and much of that isn't pretty. It distorts our images of ourselves and of others, even the world. I'll refer to this cluttered spirit as our false self. Why? Because the spirit of truth is not impacted by our circumstances. 
The spirit is constantly communing in a dance with the divine and constantly available to us. The spirit is divinity in us. I'll call this our true self. Now, if this were true, where the spirit of truth created in God's image is living in us, in our true self, and our baggage-laden false self is created by our circumstances, how would we view ourselves and how would we view others if this were really true? One of our Methodist taglines is that we are transforming the world for Jesus Christ. Imagine every one of us living in the knowledge of divinity within us, where all of these true selves are communing with divinity. What would that look like? We would love God's creation as God does. We would love ourselves as God loves us. We would love and help those in need, love and advocate for those who need justice, love and serve the marginalized. All of these attitudes of love are clear in Jesus' examples in the gospel. This Jesus example lives in us. I'm awed by the possibility of this good news. Knowing, truly knowing, that divinity is within us and within others can be transformative. Imagine this knowledge of divinity being seen by others beyond our community, being transformed, living in and with divinity. That would strip away our culturally imposed perspectives of individualism, tribalism, our emotional reactions based on our own baggage and trauma, a transformed world. I think so. So what gets in the way of our spiritual transformation and what we see through our false selves? This false self is cluttered with our own baggage and our life imprints. It reactively drives us and we either don't recognize it or we willingly let it impede our true selves. The true self is the spirit of God in us created in God's image. Distinguishing the false self and the true self takes some reflection. Strong emotions point out our false self. What are these pointing to? Where do these experiences come from? What is that baggage? This is not pointing to the spirit of truth. This isn't our true self. The spirit of truth loves others. The spirit of truth loves each of us, and allows us to love ourselves. As a matter of fact, divinity could not love you any more than it already does. It can't love you any less than it already does either. There is nothing that can be done to change that love. So these strong negative emotional reactions are the result of that baggage somewhere in our history. And it plays out in our false self. That's not the real you. Transformation allows the false self to die and the true self 
to rise and live, communing with divinity. From this viewpoint, the Trinity is not just an idea of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit out there somewhere independent from us, but it's a transformative power within us. You are created in the image of God. You have the spirit of truth in you. You are the true self. You are divinity in motion. Now take a look in the mirror and what do you see? Can you see divinity within you? Does this change your view of yourself? Does it change your view of others? Does it change your view of the world? Living in the divine requires work. The work is our intention to live in divinity and our vulnerability for divinity to do its work. Beyond that, it's all God's work by his grace. You can't force it. You need to surrender to let it happen. Recognizing your false self and continuously surrendering to the divine in living in your true self changes you. You more naturally follow Jesus' commandments of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you more naturally love your neighbor as yourself. It's a continuous miracle of being loved and loving, being loved and loving. It's a continuous flow Father and Jesus, Jesus and you, you and Jesus. It changes your view of the world and those in it. It changes the world. This is the big picture that Jesus was promising us. Now, take a look in the mirror. See what God sees. See your true self. Love your God. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Let it happen. Let us pray. Loving and just Lord, enable us to surrender to the transforming power of your divinity. Open our eyes to seeing you in ourselves. Encourage us to do the work of intentionally being vulnerable to you and communing with you. Work the miraculous mystery of salvation in us. Show us you. Show us you in ourselves. Show us you in others. Clear out the clutter that hides who we are in you. Free us to look in the mirror and see you and see who we are. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.